Yo, welcome. It's Men Thrive. You know what we do. For those of you that are joining Men Thrive for the first time, I want to say thank you so much for giving us a chance. Uh, we're, we're a podcast where we're attempting to have conversations with brothers and uh, all different types of brothers. We know we're not a monolith. And, and my goal has always been how do we elevate the complexity of men in general? It's really interesting, right? Because we have all these dope brothers on, but none of these brothers are perfecting to be perfect, uh, that they're even where they want to be. They're just willing to have transparent conversations with us. And, and I don't know, no matter how many times I say it, sometimes people don't get it because I, I even asked a brother once, um, uh, I asked him if he would come on the show and he, he said, absolutely. But what are we talking about? And I'm like, you. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I, I got this and I got, no, 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 bro. I mean, you. Like, what do you want to talk about? What, what, what do you not get the opportunity to talk about? How are you put in a box often and there's this piece of you that's not in the box? And what does that brother want to talk about? And that is what Men Thrive is about. Because only when we are uh, operating towards holistic um, uh, performance and self-mastery can we recognize that sometimes the stuff that we've shown the most of to the world um, in many cases has blocked the development of the rest of us or at least blocked the sunshine so that's what we're doing and 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 so this episode is interesting on a lot of levels because it's the first time that we've done a two-part piece and uh, many of you heard the first part of our conversation with Brother Shaka Zulu. Uh, Shaka Zulu is one of the founders of Disturbing the Peace. He and uh, Chris Ludacris Bridges and his brother Jeff have, uh, and Shaka's brother Jeff, have been kind of this trifecta that have been moving in the music industry uh, for damn near 30 years and doing it with a level of not just excellence, uh, but of intentionality. And so this was just a conversation, man. It, it, it was it was almost strange because I, I talked to Shaka on a regular basis and this was just a reflection of the conversations that we have. But I was excited for us to, to talk about what is revolutionaries look like um, and what does it mean to be revolutionary in our last episode and talking about um, how he got into the music business. But this 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 second piece, man, this is just a conversation between two black men looking to build and grow from each other. And I hope that it's a conversation that you not only appreciate, but that you get something out of. This, this is a brother that has been in so many circles. I mean, he operates as the head of talent for Spotify while he's uh, serving as a business partner and manager for Ludacris while he's running a series of businesses, while he's raising a family and showing up in places that without announcement. And so uh, I'm excited for you to hear the second part of this. But more than that, if you can't tell, I'm excited that I got the opportunity to have on Men Thrive a conversation with a friend who I immensely admire. So you all, here's uh, part two of the conversation with uh, my brother, Shaka Zulu. I was going to dab into the fact of mental health. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, and even to this this direction we're talking, when we look at what Kanye is doing and a few other artists are doing or people that are doing where, again, it's either counter-revolutionary or at a time of war, right? We're in a time of war. Your your actions weigh a hundred times more than it normally would. That's right. So we can't 
take what a person would have done at a time of peace or calm or certain conditions lightly in these conditions because mm-hmm. it resonates different. Mm-hmm. It means something. It means something different. And so to the health thing of mental. Nor can we abdicate people of the responsibility of doing it. Right. So mental, spiritual, and physical muscle memory is about creating the conversation of negative and positive in all of those spaces. So there's negative, um, mental, physical, and spiritual memory, mm-hmm. and positive. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling somebody yesterday, and I was, they were like, yo, what do you feel about you know, mental health is real? You know, um, I, I, obviously, we heard about the passing of Quinn, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, our sister, you know, yeah. Deborah's Debra, Debra, son. Right. And, you know, it's a conversation around it, but I'll go into far. And then it was like, well, you know, we check on your, you know, strong friends and, you know, whatever. We just got to check in with each other. And I said, we have to get into a space of pushing the positive aspects and some symptoms about mental, uh, m- mental health. When you say health, you'd be like, yo, I said, Jeff, what you doing? You're like, man, I'm trying to be healthy. I'm doing it. You're talking about it from a positive perspective, right? You're not necessarily saying, well, I got all of this sickness. You're saying, I'm working out. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Doing that. I'm strengthening this. No, have We don't do that with the mind or even spiritual, with spiritual. Yep. We don't say, right, there's specifically should be books. There should be things that we use that, that build mental capacity, mental strength, fortitude. I, again, I appreciate and honor my parents and my family and my upbringing for that because it's not that I haven't been tested and tried. I've been in situations and in parties and drugs come out and wildness starts happening and I'm like, that ain't me. Mm-hmm. And I could have been like, yo, you could have did it like because I'm trying to be down, mm-hmm. but it ain't me. I just mm-hmm. ain't me. And mm-hmm. I, I bother literally, I sat there and just watched or I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. Y'all got to Mm-hmm. And then I'll figure out my new path into acceptance in that way, <laughs> in this world, <laughs> if I need to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And then I've been in, you know, the illest favelas in Brazil. I've been in Nigeria and these different communities or just parts of the world where, you know, based upon what we were doing as a job, we shouldn't be touching the people. Yep. Right? So now, you know, they're looking at you like, well... And I'm not saying be dumb. I'm not saying. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. Danger, I'm totally you with cannot, you. cannot, you know, move and approach people like they're nothing and they're minuscule. And if, if you do that, that muscle memory or that spiritual memory is going to come back to them and say, well, you don't care about me anyway. That's right. So why should I even think about caring, which is counter-revolutionary. That's right. And it's a hard thing, right? It's a hard thing to say. I want to save myself, try to save everybody else, even when, you know, they're fighting against you. You know, it's like the, the guy who swims out to save you and you're flailing and you beat yep. him up and now both of y'all drown. Yep. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, I came out here to help you. And you beat me up. But it's, but, it's but, the, but there's something that. there too, Shock, which is, which is sometimes um, almost similar to what anybody who's blind would tell you. Um, they would tell you, don't grab me. I'm going to grab you. Yeah. And, and, and even our helping sometimes becomes unintentionally narcissistic because we want to help based on what we think versus being who we are and then being available. And, and that's what I try to do more of. Mm-hmm. I try, I said it years ago because absolute power corrupts absolutely. You can become, oh, like 
even if I do like doing things, why do I like doing it? What do I get out of it? I'm not mm-hmm. getting paid, whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, I get to sit there and say, oh, I'm the one to save this person. Or I'm the one. That's like going, that's like kissing and telling. Mm-hmm. That's like putting a notch on your belt. Yeah, I slept with her, 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 her. Well, yeah, I gave him a job. Blah, 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 blah. I don't do that. Yep. I, you know what I'm saying? Now, if it comes up, somebody wants to say my name in an interview, they be like, oh, I didn't know you mentioned such and such. I didn't know you knew. Yeah, bro. I mean, I don't, that's, that's story to tell. I just did yep. what I felt I should do at the time. Yep. You know and and, like, and I, 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 it's actually a gift to me. So I can't be boastful about the spaces where I've been able to do something for somebody because by and large, I was just being used by the universe to accomplish the task of them getting to where they're supposed to be. I just said yes. Mm-hmm. I so listen, I, I, I simply said yes. And, and I think that they're actually... And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably been in the same place. There's actually been times where I have had to say thank you to someone for allowing mm. me to be there for them. Listen, I say it all the time. I never wanted to be a manager. I don't know what made me say yes to Luda. <laughs> I've seen my brother Jeff working with the artists, and I seen she would. I hear the horror story. The artists don't want to do nothing. What would like? It was that's craziness. I never wanted. To, I, I, I wanted to be a you know. So I wanted to be an executive, like a thinker, a businessman. Mm-hmm. And then one day he come up and he says, yo, man, you know, I, I ask you questions. You give me good information. You never ask me for nothing. He's like, I want you to be my manager. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I, I, we always tell, I said, I don't know why I said yes. I'm glad I did. I tell him all the time, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I thought, and I never, even with my, my belief that I know some stuff and I'm, you know, I'm, got my own, you know, you know, confidence about myself, my ear, my, you know, my whatever it is, my, my whatever I got. I still say I can't make something out of nothing. That's right. Right. That's right. There's something there that becomes recognizable to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at that point, I just nurture. Well, and so the beauty too, Shock, is that, that I, I don't know you to, I, one, I don't know you to be transactional. Um, so your relationships are meaningful. And if you're going to have one, you believe you invest in it. But two, what I've loved watching from a distance with, with you, Jeff and Chris is that it really is a partnership. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you may be manager or Jeff may be exec, or you may be lead on this project or, you know, Chris may technically be the brand or the artist, but intellectually is Voltron and, and you all don't seem to, it's not a Chris, that's cute and everything, but stay in your lane and just go, go rap and act. Or, um, you know, you being blocked from, from in, um, making creative recommendations um, about the artist aspect of it. Like there is a partnership. And, and I think that when you talk about books and teaching, mm-hmm. I think there's very little teaching on partnership. I think I think people want to get with people to get shit. And it does not become a partnership. And and as, you know, as somebody in their second marriage, um I'm I'm learning partnership on a regular basis and and I recognize how much more of a partner I'm capable of being. And so at no mm-hmm. point do I own my wife or I own aspects of the, she and I are co-owners in what we produce. 
Mm-hmm. And and if the relationship is going to talk about re- revolutionary, counter-revolutionary, if the relationship is going to be revolutionary, then it requires partnership. You can't have revolution without partnership. It just, yeah, but it, I said something earlier where I said these are transferable skills, right? Absolutely. So, so what I process for me is I have to trans- whatever skill set I have, I have to bring to every situation. Street business, corporate, personal, mm-hmm. right? So it is a transferable skill. And it goes back to same thing I said about what Kwame Ture said, or same thing I said about this thing over here. If I'm going to move around in these various different energies and circles, I have to be consistent with who I am. Mm-hmm. So if I am revolutionary, I have to be revolutionary in all aspects. But they are situational. It's not that I'm not transactional. I can be transactional if you show me that's where you are, mm-hmm. right? What we can what we can also admit is that because there's no absolutes, right? We swing through this pendulum of energy yeah. that we go through our various different mindsets and energies, and it's a give it's it's give and take. You know what I'm saying? You 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 usually say I'm gonna show you how to love me by loving you the way I want to be loved, or communicating in that way. And then if you react a certain way, I know not to, oh, okay, got it. You ain't on what I'm on. But mm-hmm. there's still some value there. Or there's still something mm-hmm. in this relationship that I'm getting from it. So all I have to do at this point is say, up front, I'm doing this for these reasons. As opposed to the, I'm going to lay in the cut, wait and figure out till it has value. Then say, yep. oh, you know you owe me. Yep. Right? So yep. I just adjust those skill sets and, and depend on the circle or depend on the situation, adjust to those. But I also keep a very African-centered mindset because what we're dealing with a lot of in the world is the removal of our African-centered culture. Yes. Basically spirituality. Yes. And that's very um, much connected to what you just talked about around mental health. Right. And I love the fact that Beyonce did what she did with Black is King, right? Mm-hmm. And that put, you know, for those who want to pay attention, it puts it right back in front of us. And then two, it, um, I mean, obviously the the femininity, the the female aspect, those two things have been taken. So when we, when we're out here practicing things and we're doing things, right, I can go into, you know, I can look at a whoever successful, you know, person, right, and say, I want to be that person from another culture, hmm. but I have to bring my African centered self yep. to it yep. because it's either stolen legacy and then they, there's their interpretation of what they learned from us yep. or I'm relearning something that has removed the element that is specific to me. Yes. Right. And so, you know, we are communal, cultural people, all these very different things. And so the things that we do, when we're emulating other cultures is our culture because we created most of it, but they've removed the African centered aspect of it. Yep. And so if we remember that, even when I'm doing my, you know what I'm saying? It don't matter if I'm at, you know, the Trinidad and Tobago at carnival, mm-hmm. I'm looking at yeah, it. And it, and it to, me, to the average male, it's like, Oh, it's butt naked women everywhere. Yeah. No, this African scent, but by center it, yeah. And understanding the African expression, yeah. I know what's going on. That's right. 
same thing that's going on at Mardi Gras. That's right. Same thing that's going on at Caravana. That's right. The same thing that's happening at Carnival in Africa. So we are, you know, and that's a whole different other conversation. You no, know but, but I think, it, but, but it's crucially important right point. now, though, Shock, because we're having all these conversations about blackness in America in ways we never have before when many of us don't know how to contextualize blackness. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, the, you, you know the saying that the, that the elders never die until you stop saying their name. Mm-hmm. But we don't know our names. So, so there, there is a hole in so many cases of what does it even mean to be African? And I don't mean that in a nationalistic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean that in a diasporic, cultural, and spiritual sense. Like one of the most proud people I've ever known was my grandmother. And I'll never forget, man, um, I just started growing my first set of locks. And, you know, my hair was all over the place. And my grandmother was like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm, You know, I had re- I just got back from my first trip to Africa and I read like two books. So I was extra deep. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, Grandma, this is this is how we wore our hair where we're from. And she was like, where? And I said, Africa. And she was like, we ain't from Africa. We from Georgia. And she was dead serious. Like there was nothing in her that that believed in any way, shape or form that being from the continent was in some way, shape or form a greater level of truth and strength and power than being from a plantation in Georgia. And... It was it's it's one of my most painful memories, actually. Um, Not not in that not in that I wear it or carry it from an identity perspective, but I acknowledge the damage done to my grandmother um, when she was without question, one of the most proud women, strongest women um, serving and and powerful women that I knew who was disconnected from the identity of who she was. And so as I look at folks now. Um, and so I, I want to, in, in this time we have left, I want to see if we can talk about two or three things real quick. Um, one is the future of the movement. And I don't, I don't mean that in some aggregate hashtag kind of way. I mean that broadly based on this, on this historical moment, we, there, there is some crazy shit happening right now where, uh-huh white folks primarily out of guilt um, and in some cases out of earnest desire to do something different are asking black folks what they want, what they need, and in some cases responding to demand. Uh, Normally it's it's the former. White folks asking what we want, what we need, and then in some cases responding to demand. Um, my concern is because to your point and, and what I'm saying around this whole notion of white supremacies, we, we got a whole lot of cultural and, and, uh, psychological and spiritual and soul muscle memory driven by white supremacy. So when we're in this moment where we have the ability to ask for something or we're demanding something, um, we still are often demanding for 
continued or elevated charity. How have you had conversations with folks um, without getting into tactics <laughs> that helps folks shift how they're thinking about what they are demanding and are asking for. And just a quick example is I think about this bullshit the NFL talked about. It's like we don't want to give $250, $250 million over 10 years to social justice. And in 2018, the NFL gave every franchise $255 million as their share from revenue from one year. So essentially what they're saying is we want to give with with no guardrails, with no accountability, with no focused um, metrics for impact, with, you know, no accountability mechanisms. What we gave to one team as part of a share of overall revenue over the course of 10 years. And I saw black people celebrate it in addition to the fact that they're going to play the Negro National Anthem. Um <laughs> Which in itself is insane because even when they said that, it was obvious they didn't listen because they don't know how long it is. Ain't no way they playing three verses of the Negro National Anthem at a football game. Yeah, exactly. You can get uh, that one stanza and it's a wrap. So, but, but, but in this moment, how, how are we contextualizing what winning is, Shock, and, and what demands and ass need to look like? I, 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 so I would say this. If I got to demand something from you, you don't want to give it to me. If I got to demand something from you, you don't want to give it to me. If I got to ask for something, especially when it goes back to that point, I said, I'm showing you how to love me by how I'm, I'm loving you. And so people say, what do you want? I want to say, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? I really, really, I, what do you want? Tell me what you want and that's what I want. <laughs> and it's, it's almost like, I'll take it even in a different context. You know, like some people are like, yo, they don't know what to get you for, like, I'm pretty sure you have this. I don't know what to get you for your birthday. When you get mm-hmm. somebody who has everything? But one, I don't have everything. But two, if you want to give me something, give me more of what you see that I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like watches. <laughs> no more Old Spice and Tide. <laughs> I like nice watches. So if you want, you ain't got to ask. Just go do your research. <laughs> hey, <laughs> right? So, you know, I've got white friends, allies, whatever you want to call them. I got in all communities, mm-hmm. all of them. And then I still have strong conversation for them all. Yep. Well, listen, man, do something for somebody that doesn't benefit. you. Just do it. Yep. You a Republican, call your Republican, what's the name? Tell them, there's somebody out of jail. Do whatever it is, just do something that has no benefit to you. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. On, a, on, a, on a micro level, on a macro level, we understand we give power to certain things. That's where you, you know, you, you got mantras and you got phrases everywhere that we can grab on, right? You know, oppression has to be, you know, allowed by the oppressed, right? So it's like you got to give credence and power to something. But you also got to understand that it's there. Yep. It goes back to that word matter. You know what I'm saying? Hands up. I'm, I'm you know, begging for my, yeah. this is not the only sign of surrender. 
there's a number of signs of surrender. So it's all in presentation mm-hmm. in my mind, but obviously I've been raised differently. Mm-hmm. So I, it's certain things, and I can't tell people what not to celebrate. You know, you get 250 million to something, okay, celebrate that if, if that makes you. That goes even back to when with us with the with the with the with the record deal. We never celebrated. We always say it all the time. We never celebrated. We sell three million. Like what's next? Yeah. We get the deal. What's next? We get a, a billion dollar film. What's next? Because we so much more to do. And those are personal accolades, and yeah, they help us. But we still got to go back and uplift this community. But there's still. also, but there's also bad, good, best, and right. and and there's so many of us that are celebrating good because we've only known bad. We don't even know what best looks like, and and that's even on a, that's straight on a on a on a. Um, we do know what best looks like. We've seen best with people that they care about. Well, but 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 I but I I push back a little shock. Like even even as we contextualizing best is is both about what I've had the ability to see and what I put value on. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, there are those who literally don't haven't been able to conceptualize what best actually looks like. Like 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 I was talking to a brother. You talked about behavioral health, mental health. He was like, listen, Jeff, I know therapy could be good for me. He was like, I'm not even if I find the right person, they understand black men. They're coming at this through a lens of post-traumatic slave disorder. Like he got all the terms down. He know what he's talking about. He said, but I just don't want shit to get worse because getting better. is going to hurt too much. So. I'm like, I understand. Like, it might be one of the most honest things anybody has ever said to me by way of fully understanding where they are, what they got to go through. But how do you even, how are you even contextualizing what wholeness looks like for you? Like, you, you, you're telling me you don't want to go through this because it's going to be too hard and you settle for it not getting worse when you don't even have context for what getting this shit off me looks like. And that's what I mean. I I think so often psychologically we can't even process best. And so good is great than a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I I totally understand that. And I get that pushback, but again, I I would suggest relatively like, right. I have two sons and a daughter and people will say they constantly push the narrative. They tell my daughter, you got your father wrapped around his finger. Mm. And I'd be like, no, she doesn't. I tell her no all the time. <laughs> of course I'm going to do a lot for her. Right now. The other narrative would be, I'm going to do more for my daughter than I would do for my son. Mm-hmm. Right, because I want him to be tough. I want him to be able to provide for himself. Some aspects, but I tell him no. But I over, I do stuff for him too that I don't have to do. I pay for things I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I take, you know, what I'm saying like I almost treat him. Well, I would consider it similar to my daughter in the sense of I don't make him, even though he's out of the house. You know, I'm 26 years old, making his own money. I don't make him pay for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, what I'm saying. I, well, I have, so 
there's a consistency going back to our position of what's better and best. That if I would, if I stopped doing for my son and I did everything for my daughter for whatever the premise was, she got me wrapped around her or whatever, my son could say, you treat her better than me. Right? Not that they don't have, you know, and only because of my action. Mm-hmm. Only because of, he's like, I'm older. You never did those things. Right? And I'm seeing that you're capable of doing them because you're doing them. <laughs> Females do the same thing. A female will say, yo, I made you better for her because the things <laughs> I wanted you to do, you now doing over here. So we know that there's a capability of it, right? So we have a we have a position to say, well, we know what better is. You ain't treating us. And even if and that's why we always point at the 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 the, the, the Asian, the mm. Latino, you know, the, the other people that come from over here, the Jews, and to say, Whoa, you can't tell us you can't treat us better because we watch you do it. All the time. Not only that, we were the first ones here. We were, we're the oldest child. And let's say the oldest, you know, the first child, the firstborn usually gets the most lumps. You got you know, you're learning on the fly. I get it. So then after we take those lumps, did you come back and heal? Yeah. Did you come back and say, you know what, son, I got it wrong on here. Really, how do you feel about that? Ooh, going back to that mental, you know what I'm saying, whatever, whatever, and healing space. I did it wrong here, and let's rebuild from this space. So now we're in a new space. That means I'm going to own up to the fact that I didn't get it right. I did my best. I'm not saying that America did its best. I'm not, you know, making oh, no, I wasn't confused about that. It's equivalency. <laughs> but I'm just saying in the sense of culturally, as a people, um, as a community, we can look and say and see where a person is being intentional about being not only doing the best for us, but being their best selves. That's our Africanness. That's why the yeah. whole conversation about whether or not if 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 it shifts, are we gonna do to other groups what was done to right. us? That is if that is not our full DNA. I had this conversation the other day. Somebody said, somebody said, are we more communal or predatory? I said I would agree. I was easily say we're more communal. Without said, question. There's 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 survival instinct. There's you know yes. laws of self self preservation, but I'm not I'm not going out thinking about how to destroy somebody so that I can be in a better position. Mm-hmm. Other communities look at us like that. They're like, mm-hmm. in order for me to be good or great, I got to get rid of that. Yep. And so that's that's. And there's I'm nowhere just- there's nowhere in the world where we've been imperialistic. Exactly. Nowhere, even in even in even in the worst moments in our history where we have been more inhumane to each other than under normal circumstances, we have never been imperialistic. Right. And that again was us enacting or or acting like another group that's removing Africans, even in let's just say the purity of Africa and in war and in whatever may have been going going on, you know, me being named after Chaka Zulu was one of the greatest war strategists ever on the planet. That's right. And, but everybody's like, oh, but he destroyed all of them. He, you know, took over all of these different, you know, tribes. tribes. I say, but he also did it in this because he knew that the British were coming. And he knew that if he didn't organize, you know what I'm saying, through what happened, and it, it wasn't like they didn't approach it with counsel first. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, in order for us to survive, this has to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, war is coming. You don't want to listen. 
Mm-hmm. And your position, if, if it gets controlled by my enemy, it's, it's, imminent, it's imminent death for me. So that's when we got to start either, you know what I'm saying, annexing and, and bringing our organizations together, the SNCs and the this and the all, whatever organizations that were in the past or in current space, and then formulate a focus. But we're so diverse with so many issues. Yep. That's why it goes back to get with like-minded people. That's right. In a direction, and That's we'll right. it'll it'll start working. Well, and, itself the, and, up. and even even using the Shaka analogy, it wasn't like it wasn't like Shaka Zulu, and even his his highest generals were having conversations with the with the average member of a tribe. So so there there are still levels, and I don't mean that by way of hierarchy as much as I do responsibility that these kind of conversations and actions have to take place because, and, 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 and that's hard for me, even as I, as you know, there, there was, I was talking to Valicia and, um, and she was like, yo, Jeff, I really want to be in Minneapolis. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and she was like, but I, I need to be on the front lines of this. I'm like, Valicia, why? Like literally, you are in spaces right now to impact rooms and leverage resources in the best interest of folks who are in Minneapolis right now. Mm-hmm. Like you, you were a pawn that got to the end of the board and changed it's it, what piece it was, but you keep wanting to move like a pawn. And, mm-hmm. and this is not me denigrating That's my muscle sister. Memory. That's muscle memory. That's muscle memory. Cause I said, I, I, I said that moment for me was Ferguson. So I did the exact same thing with Ferguson where I was like, yo, I got to get on a plane and get down to Ferguson. And then as I was buying the ticket, I was like, why? Like, there are activists who I trust on the ground who I can call, who I can give resources to. There are journalists on the ground who I trust, who I can give resources to. I need to be having some conversations in a different space right now that is leveraging some other shit that needs to happen that doesn't need to be public. And 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 if I lose sight of that in the name of needing to perform, it's, it's almost an imposter syndrome of having mm-hmm. to perform my previous self in order to validate me in this moment. That's counter-revolutionary as hell. Exactly. That's why I said it goes back to those transition stages mm-hmm. that we have to go through, which me and you ever discussed. And, and it goes back to setting your chessboard because... I know when, you know, Tamika Mallory and my son and them are out there, I know that there's people, I know people that are there to bail them out. That's right. I, you know what I'm saying? Everything is structured. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Or if you look at what's going on with Black Lives Matter and all those other, there's structures to all of this. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what we have to get back into, you know, structuring our movements, not just for revolution, but for progression, you know, uh, to, to, to create wealth, um, spiritual balance, like, so structure is, is not bad at all. It's 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 what we're putting through the structure. It goes mm-hmm. back to the dirty pipes and clean water. You know, we, we touched on something earlier when we were talking about a little bit in the space of like the spiritual side. And I was talking to different people in different spiritual um, beliefs. And when the COVID hit, and everybody was like, yeah, I said, it. I said, listen, because they would, you know, I was on, I was in go mode, and they was like. Well, you're not you're not afraid. I said it's one of two things. I said you're a spiritual person, right? You you got faith. 
So you either believe you, you know, covered in blood of Jesus, <laughs> right? <laughs> or if you die, you're going to who, you know what I'm saying, who your maker is. Mm-hmm. But I said, but that's the extreme. I said, but if you live in your faith, and that's almost all of them, if you live in your faith, it will it will move you through this COVID period because the, the structure of religion is what is actually preventative to all of this that's going on. But even when Farrakhan had a conversation, he was like, those who are iniquity, who are living in iniquity, all right, that's willful sin. I mean, you know you're doing certain things, right? With death imminent. Mm-hmm. Death is right there. And you're still going to do it. That's the people that's going to the clubs, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, doing all of the things without taking precautions. I'm not one of them fearful, fearful people, right? Death is inevitable. So yeah. we, we don't know when it's going to come. So, yeah, you got to do some things, live life, do what you have. But until you educate yourself, you have some level of understanding of what you're dealing with, you have to deal with precaution. You know what I'm saying? Anybody would tell you that. Military would tell you that. Yep. Sports would tell you that. Anybody who does anything structured will tell you that. And so I was telling people that people that, you know, in the, that was going on a heavy religious conversation. Like, if you just basically live in your faith, you will be able to move through COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, like I said, the racial aspect is what added more fuel to the fire. But just in the COVID space, you know what I'm saying? And we have to accept that all of these things cause and effect if a butterfly flaps its wings on one coast on the coast of Africa, a tsunami happens in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in, in, in China, to understand the cause and effect that all of these things are, 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 are showing us and that we knew to be prevalent but are putting in our face and we don't adjust, then you don't, you don't, have, you don't have the will to survive and those that don't have the will to survive will do uh, the things that are going to wipe them out. Yep. I'm saying whether it's getting in the gym, learning, reading, getting preventative, or preventative in medicine, which means better food in the system, then following that up with financial uh, stability, uh, uh, group economics, mm-hmm. um, uh, security position and defense position, all of these things come into play immediately, mm-hmm. immediately. And if, again, even if you don't have it, I've been telling everybody, this is the fire, the fire law. Even if you don't have it, what you don't have and what you are afraid of right now, run towards it, put it into your kids and your family. Listen. So, you know what I'm saying? Again, you, we don't, we're losing people every day and it's getting closer because one, we're sitting still, we can see it on social media. All these different things, or it's really like your cousin, your brother, your family member. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not okay, I, I'm limited in this space. That's what I, I know about my parents. I I, re- I recognize their limits, and so I said, I want to be. If I'm going to be better than them, not better than them, that I'm better yeah, than. I know totally what you mean. Yeah, right. Then I I can't have the same limits they are. So yeah. I have to be take a few more risks. Yeah. And I'm only able to take those risks. Why? Because they freed me spiritually and mentally, and they support me if I fall short of that risk. Yep. And you know what's, what's man? interesting, man, is you you talked about fearlessness, and I think that even semantically, fearlessness is challenging for me. Um, my my, my three year old's word of the day last week was courageous, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, Baldwin 
Baldwin, what does courageous mean? And he's like, face your fears. And and that's really it. Right. I think that I think as as black men in particular, we have advanced a narrative of fearlessness, which is not what I heard you say, even though it's the word I heard you say, because mm-hmm. fearlessness implies you're not afraid of anything. Right. Um, which which one either means um, you are a liar or two you're not challenging yourself to do anything that presents anything in front of you that's larger than you or stronger mm-hmm. than you or beyond your understanding. And I think for me in this moment, being courageous enough to say, one, I'm not going to sit here and let somebody else define my narrative, mm-hmm. uh, define this moment. I'm going to curate this moment. But, but two... To your point, navigate mitigating risk is not about sitting still. And so where do I need to be? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? But the thing that's been so profound for me, Shock, is this when I think about the moments in my life um, that have been the most debilitating, it has almost always been when I have not when I have refused to self-correct uh-huh. and the universe um, requires a forced correction. And if we don't understand that's where we are right now, where, where we have refused to self-correct societally, and as a result, the universe is demanding, God is remanding, demanding a forced correction. And and if we don't if if we don't hear what that means for us individually, as we as as we're so clear on what it means for everybody else, not only are we gonna lose in this moment as individuals with our gift, with our passion, with what we're building, with our legacy, with our children, um, we're gonna be in a real difficult place on the other side of this when yeah. it's like, it's power like, dynamics like shift. Yeah, it's like putting your child on punishment. They they so mad at what you took away from them. They're not they're not enjoying the beauty of the house or the room. They mm-hmm. so mad they can't go out the house or they can't do whatever they they normally want to do. They're not understanding. You got a TV in your room, video games. You got you ain't you can try on clothes. They're not even using that aspect of it to say okay, it's actually beauty and sitting still, right? That's why I said I'm fine with it because I got to spend more time with my children. Yeah, to sit by myself. You know whatever it is. I'm purging like a mom. I'm going through. I'm finding stuff. I ain't, I'm like, oh my god! I, ain't, I thought this was going. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't gave away half my closet. Not even more than half. I didn't. All my nieces and nephews. They, they like, oh, they love me. I'm like, I didn't gave them <laughs> vintage stuff. They got old fubu. Fat, they like, like you can remake this. It's coming back to '90s baggy look. I'm, like, I'm getting everything right. And it, whether you know whether it's timely. And, you know, and there's, you know, there's a different mentality, like, okay, is this God or was this man-made, right? Mm-hmm. But cause and effect is cause and effect. That's right. Right? And, you know, and some people like to play God. You know, like, okay, well, if this is about population control or yep. whatever it may be for the conspiracy theories or what have you, all of these things, there's a number of things that are done for population control. You know what I'm saying? Crime and murder is population mm-hmm. control. Um, sexually transmitted disease is population control. Food, Food. Is yes, sir. A number of different things. 
but to 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 whatever and how this position that we're in came into being self-preservation should kick in first and foremost now there are people who believe that fearless means no fear i look at fearless means less fear it's like you said mm. fear less mm. break the word up it's I not like one it. word fear <clears throat> less right I like and then it. you know what i'm saying so it doesn't mean no fear okay and that's one of the reasons why i, I, I went skydiving for the first mm-hmm. time years ago i was like i wanted to get rid of my fear i wanted to be able to embrace the fact that i'm going to die you know what I mean? And some people are like, that's crazy. And some people live that out wrong. Some people be like, well, I'm going to party out. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm going, I'm going to drink this 1942 every night because I'm fearless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, Biggie, ready to die. Fuck the world. Don't ask me for shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we only got one night. Everybody, I, I get it. That's a different psychosis of how you act out. <laughs> Fearlessness. But you have to believe that whatever you do now is going to have a cause on effect not only on you your children your family or your future but your community so we believe that it didn't start with us and it doesn't end with us we will move a little bit more correct mm-hmm. and that's that's an african-centered mindset right it didn't it, you know what i'm saying energy is neither created nor destroyed the destroy it changes it changes polar yeah so if you're not the beginning of the energy, which we know we're not, you know what I'm saying? Then we're just a manifestation of some pendulum swing within the energy force. Mm-hmm. So however you want to do it to break it down to whatever your belief system is or whatever makes it palatable, these are, we're having the same conversations. We're just saying them in different ways. And then there is a negative or adverse, I want to say negative, an adverse energy to progression. And we have to understand that that energy is in the world and we have to fight that. Mm-hmm. So you want to call that government, you want to call that the enemy, you want to call it they, Illuminati, uh, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> there's an adverse energy out there to a progressive, you know, communal, um, you know, global family position. And all of you those are driven by a human philosophical approach to what should exist. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, exactly. Those, those institutions are built by people. Those systems are built by people, and 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 those people are driven by a energy that is either about how do I control, or, or <laughs> well, and, like and, and and in some cases, and in some cases, how do I connect? Because mm-hmm. because control is about how do I move these pieces in my best interest. And connect is about how do I exchange this energy with shock so that my exchange with shock makes me better. And hopefully his exchange with me makes him better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those that, and, and that's commute, like to your point, that's African centric, that's community, community centric in saying that without my family, I can't, I, I've been, I've been, my, my son has been on this, um, you know he's three, man. So he he loves animals, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's started to fall in love with killer whales. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was telling him, I'm like, Baldwin, they're, they're an unbelievable species because they stay in families forever. And so when we when we go to bed at night, he's like, you know, he, sometimes he wants for me to read. Sometimes he's like, tell me a story. Mm-hmm. His favorite story over the last two months has been about. 
a family of killer whales that defeat the great white shark. Um, and they defeat the great white shark by each of them coming to the aid and attacking. And, and so at the end, I'm like, well, what's the, what's the, 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 um, message of the story? He said, um, a shark may be able to attack a killer whale. He said, but don't mess with a killer whale's family. Um, And, and so that I think we're in this moment where we either going to decide we family or we not mm-hmm. we and and that and that's not some that's not some uh uh over romanticized idea about a kumbaya moment where every single black person sits around a campfire holds hands and uh-huh. says here's the three agenda points that we all gonna walk out together is it's i think i think if we could teach revolutionary versus counter-revolutionary mm-hmm. that's what it's about because Every revolutionary weren't comrades, Mm-mm. but their movements to push revolution ensured all of their freedom and power. Right. And so there's, when, there's, a, there's a ripple effect to moving with intention and in the correct. But you said it's setting the chessboard. If the, 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 the knight may not checkmate the king, but the knight's last move prevented that king from moving into another place that the bishop could capture. And so I may not be the one that topples the king, but if I'm moving in a way that it prevents that king from escaping the attack of another revolutionary, then I've done my job. Yeah. And that's part of, Part of the, what you're saying is one of the reasons I got in the music industry because I also felt like there were pieces on this side that we really needed, as well as this is how we message, right? So you got to be able to resonate and pull out the pawns out of the music industry that can become, mm. you know what I'm saying, the, the, the knights, the bishops, the kings and queens. No, that's right now, now that's now that's that's a whole that's a whole revival series right there, bro. Uh, especially in this moment, man. Shot, but before I before I let you go, bro, um, tell me what you're excited about right now. Like, I mean, something that you you like. I see this. I feel this. I'm I'm excited about this. I'm I'm excited about this manifesting that that you can talk about. Well, I'm I'm excited about this global awakening, you know, global awakening and global shift. And it feels having been around a lot of different energies, it feels way different than the, some yes, of the energies I felt before in life. And even some of my elders would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's real conversations that are going on, you know, obviously behind closed doors with no cell phones around, but there's real conversations going on, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at the huddling of different groups of people, whether it's black billionaires or, or, or black billionaires with African billionaires, uh, black creatives, everybody's huddling. They're getting in their little clusters and they're gonna, they're gonna start creating organisms and this organism is gonna create a body system. And then in a minute, it's just gonna start lining up and it's mm-hmm. going, the veins is gonna start connecting. It's like a, you know, like a, 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 a Terminator movie where you sort of, <laughs> you know, I'm watching it in real time. Like, oh, I'm watching this 
only because I'm in so many communities. I'm like, I'm watching the streets. Oh, they're getting a little organized. Yep. And I that's okay. We got we still got a couple of cancers, you know what I mean? We got mm-hmm. little cancer cells in there, but the body's starting to really to me get lean. The body's getting real lean, you know what I mean? And now it's about connecting and positioning and knowing what parts of the body functionally do what. And that goes back to leadership. That goes back to reaching out, uh, having conversation, um, and and then teaching the body how to move. Now, if we're creating a body, muscle memory. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited about, you kind of mentioned earlier, the Fred Hampton movie coming out. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about some of the information that's coming out. Now, we also got to understand the net, everything on the internet ain't the truth. That's right. You know what I'm saying? We got to be careful. We're getting fed. People are feeding your traumas. You know what I'm saying? They, they, you know, wake up seven in the morning, something's trending in the world. Where did, where did the trend come from? We was all asleep. Mm-hmm. We was all on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we got to look at sometimes. Especially when we, bi- when we know we're the targets of misinformation. Right, right. And we get we easily get riled up, right? And we, again, we, you know, it's, it's hard to move everybody. So leadership has to form. We have to give people, you know, and I say this even to myself, Leadership, some like some of my friends, like you mean you need to do more. I'm like, yeah, okay. And you're like, <laughs> you know, all right, I know I need to do more. All right? I know I need to do more. So you know, um, I'm framing my mind. I've already said in my mind, but I'm framing myself to start working on a book hmm. uh, of, of a couple of different things, one about my life and you know, family and upbringing. Um, there's some definitely films that need to be made. Yeah, you know, uh, content that needs to be done. And then ultimately, the things that I've been working on is building resource. I don't have to be a billionaire, but I want to cluster those groups of people to start feeding into the things that I know are going to help our community a little bit better. Yep. Because they are up there and they're disconnected. I just and if, if I have audience with them, I just want to be able to say, "Hey, you should check that out. Hey, you should check that out. Hey, you should check that out." And then I'm I'm, I'm looking at Africa and I and I. And I and the energy over there, I'm pretty sure you saw that letter that was being circulated around from all the African leaders saying, yeah. telling you know, people, people come home or yep. people need this opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know a couple of, I know a friend of mine, uh, she, she got, uh, I, I don't know the equivalency, but she got a certain amount of hectares called hectares over there. Yep, hectares. So she got uh-huh. a bunch of land given to her and by government. And we talking about building a community. You know what I'm saying? And showing people. You know, of course, I talked with Akon. He, you know, mm-hmm. he already built his his city. You know? mm-hmm. I told him, save me a beach beachfront penthouse over there. Something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this. You know, um, I'm just happy about this global awakening, and I want us to really, 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 really take it in. I want us to not be afraid to expose our children to it early. Yeah. Because I was exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age. It didn't ruin me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It did not ruin me. Like a lot of times we're like, oh, you got to shield them. But you, you, you had gotta, a lot of elders, brother. Yeah. But I mean, and see, we got to seek those out. That's we right. got to seek those out. And like, don't shield them from everything. Of course, we ain't trying to over traumatize them because we don't like the brain is a, but remember, we go back to that mental health thing, positive mental health. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to give you information, I got to teach you also how to use the information. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I got to strengthen your mind. So there's books, there's things, there's games. You know, like just games. The yep. game of chess, the yep. game of checkers, the shoots, shoots and ladders, any game, Monopoly, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dude, we, shout out, uh, shout out to Derek Gray, Derek Grace who created the oh, yeah. in-home banking, <clears throat> in-home banking. Like that is that all that is is skill setting and and just creating frame for your kids' own creativity. So one of the one of the strategy games we play, Baldwin wants to kill dinosaurs. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, it's three of them in the kitchen, it's two of them in the living room, it's one of them upstairs. Where you want me to go first? Where are you going and where Garvey going? And then he's and then he's thinking, wait a minute. I, I knew I knew he was good when he was like, Well, the biggest one is upstairs, Daddy. So all three of us gotta go. <laughs> right, right. And, right. and 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 sometimes we we're so busy looking for somebody else's created curriculum that we just don't lean into our baby's own creativity and create and create frame to teach. The purity in children, when you really pay attention, you uh, be like, yo, they just magical. You be like, <laughs> well, you, you came up with that. You figured that out? Like you you saw you you're fearless. You like obviously once you bump your head, you bump your head, but they just if you pay attention to the purity of a child, yeah. you'll learn to that's why children keep you young. Yeah. And you'll learn to extract that. And bring and bring that back into yourself, man. It's it's a regeneration. I'm I'm learning to live watching these little dudes in my house, man. Bruh, I'm learning the next evolution of my own life. It's amazing, bro. It's it's a beautiful thing. So, man, listen. I I, this for a lot of people. Um, this might not even feel like a podcast. This uh, (laughs) just me and Shock talking, which is (laughs) the. This is just, this is just what, what we what we do. So I hope you found value in it, because um, because there there is at the very least it's it's um, two authentic men um, sharing energy with each other with the hope of of exchange and evolution and growth um, and betterment, not just for us but for all of those around us. And um, so. I, I appreciate you all listening, but but shock as if if there are what are the things right now that um you want people to to follow and pay attention to on the on the business side that they may or may not know about. Um, I mean, I'm I'm working very closely with a young lady, uh, a young genius. Her name is Pinky Cole, who has a, a restaurant brand called Slutty Vegan. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and uh, what she's doing um, as a young black woman. How many? Uh, how many locations now? Actually, get ready to open the third location uh, in two weeks, Fantastic. and then plan on having fifteen locations within the next two years in various cities. Wow! So it's a very aggressive model, um, and just just watch that. You know, tap in the slutty vegan. What's that? It's, it's, it's amazing. It's one another person I get to say thank you for allowing <laughs> me to just be in your space and, 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 and help her out working on a cookbook, children's book, vegan children's book, a few things that's coming, like to try to plant the seeds with young people earlier mm-hmm. about eating healthy. Uh, and that's another big uh, factor in this COVID piece, right? Yep. I'm on my daughter every day about it. You know? um, and then, um, you know, it's, I mean, you know, still doing entertainment, television, film, content, um, working with different, various different people. There's too many of the names. I don't want to say one and not say the other. 
Um, but for me, like I said, it's, it's not even about what I do right now. I'm just going to be me. Going back to what we said, be. Be me. Show up for people. I say that to anybody who doesn't know what to do. A lot of people hit me and say, I don't know what to do right now. Like, then just give yourself up to service. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, have, and you'll define it within that, within just doing that work if you don't know your purpose. So, bro, you know, and we can do this, you know, for you, man. I, you know, I ain't really, I only probably done one other podcast ever. I don't even know if I haven't done it. <laughs> but for you, you know, whenever you call, just if you want to do it again, we can do a different set of topics. Oh, no, th- because, listen, brother, th- I, I created Men Thrive for the purpose of being able to do this because it's not enough of this. And so I, I was just going to say thank you for all the times we've done it and we not on air. Uh, cause, cause you, you have fed me, brother, you've inspired me. Um, but I think in, in times when relationships are so important and you just need to know that cats got you, mm-hmm. um, that's what I appreciate, bro. So, so, so just public thank you. Uh, to you, man. You you have uh, you blessed my life in in more ways than you know. I appreciate. It. I received that, man. Thank you. Um, you know, and just you know, on, on the end note, you know, I don't want nobody to get mad when my Lakers win the spring this year <laughs> in the bubble. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna prepare my mind for the games. <laughs> so so I hope, I hope there's, uh, you, you, the Laker fans that are listening. Uh, we'll we all be celebrating at the end of this. And there it is. <laughs> um, what a fantastic conversation. I'm so appreciative of my man coming through. Um, we got to find out, has he done any other podcast? So when we come back later, we can say the one and only podcast um, with Men Thrive and Shaka Zulu. Uh, either way, uh, he blessed the community with just a conversation uh, around his wisdom and his thoughts and his aspirations and his, um, his experience. And so I'm thankful for that. I, I, I think that I, I, as we get out of here, uh, I want to say thank you uh, to the whole team, to Mo, to Madison, our producers and co-producers, uh, to the entire Men Thrive team. If you haven't been to the website, check us out at menthrive.com. Uh, check out our meditation. Check out our affirmations. Check out our blogs. Uh, you're already checking out the podcast. And if you haven't listened to other episodes, please do so. Follow us at men underscore thrive on IG and let us know what you think of the show and what you think of the content. I mean, at the end of the day, we do this for you uh, and we're excited about doing that. As we get out of here, I wanted to leave you with Bob Marley. Um, If you don't know him, I don't know what rock you've been under, but I think Bob Marley, I think Shaka in a lot of ways um, emits this Bob Marley energy Uh, And Bob Marley was very um, particular about how he viewed this whole notion of fame. And and I see Shaka the same way, Um, very skeptical of the fame, even though you're desiring of leveraging the fame to create great impact. But the moment you believe you're famous uh, is the moment that you have greater problems. I'm thankful for the spirit of Shaka, and I think that you will hear it. as we listen to the great Bob Marley. Love y'all. Love each other. We out. You handle fame. I am a fame by not being famous. Come on, you know you're a famous man. No, I mean, you know, not to me. No?
a few months to me. <laughs> Some people get drunk off of things. See, I learned, I learned from, from <coughs> he was coming in, from I just started music. You know, the people them want me. Them show me say, hey, this game is a game where if you don't mind sharp, you lose your consciousness. So the only way you can lose your consciousness is because if you figure say you're, you're getting some people say rare, you might your head might get swell. Right. And if your head swell, that's it. So you know, but really don't keep my head in a bandage that it can't swell. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yo, thanks for listening to Men Thrive. Did you like us? If you like us, visit your go-to podcast provider and check out other episodes. You can also go deeper by joining our community at menthrive.com. 